love has done its part And let him reign in my life and my heart If love has done its part Welcome to Healing Hidden Wounds Radio, sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We are glad you are listening today and hope you find words of healing, insight, and restoration. Shadow of His Wings Ministry was founded by Lee and Shay Preston and born out of God's vision for setting captives free. If you would like to support us in the work we do, please visit www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com to donate. Today on Healing Hidden Wounds, Lee is talking with Jonathan Darty, director of Be Broken Ministries. Let's listen in as Lee and Jonathan discuss the ins and outs of recovery from sexual brokenness. share with our listeners what we're going to be talking about sure well it's uh it's an interesting topic because it's um it's something that's kind of come to my mind over the last few months and uh it it has a lot to do with uh sexual purity and with relationship to not only as a child when a child goes through some situations where they have some same-sex interactions as a child and uh, what the ultimately what we'll talk about today too is how society views that as well, and trying to figure out what the truth to that really is. But this particular topic came to my mind because um, I had a guy tell me once that he was concerned maybe that he was bisexual because of a a, a young, you know, twelve or eleven year old experience when he was around that age range when he had acted out with another boy. And he'd kind of come to the conclusion that maybe that made him bisexual. And I, I kind of wanted to talk about that today and kind of clear that up for a lot of folks out there who may be questioning not only that, but also the other side of it, which is I can never tell anybody that because if that ever gets out, then people might think there's something wrong with me or that I might have some sort of gay tendencies or bisexuality. And, and as you're saying that, I'm thinking, isn't, hasn't society and haven't a lot of people in general just sort of said, well, you know, we don't want to go all the way to that that thinking of homosexuality. So sort of like, hey, bisexuality is kind of like, that's cool. That's my choice. I can do whatever I want kind of thing. Whereas do you feel like sometimes the um, those who might struggle with homosexuality, they struggle more with the idea of, hey, I'm born this way. And, and a lot of the homosexuals themselves also will say, there's no choice involved in it, whereas maybe this bisexuality is kind of this middle ground where people can say, I have an entitlement, I have a right, I can do, kind of do whatever I want. We'll talk about the pain issues a little bit, but I think, do you think kind of there's sort of this societal norm that is starting to take place with bisexuality of saying, well, of course you have a right to just choose whatever kind of sexual expression you want to have? Sure. And I think what it does, basically, is it says, instead of looking at your brokenness that might have caused you to either cross over to that particular sin, it allows you to say, because if you think about it on a continuum, what is the what, what carries the greatest stigma? The greatest stigma is if a guy says, I am gay, I want to have sex with just men. Mm-hmm. A little less stigma comes along when you can say, oh, no, I love having sex with women. I just occasionally get curious and so i try out with men sometimes 
And what would you say is, what would you say is really kind of, uh, the underpinnings? What's behind that curious word? Because, you know, that comes out a lot. And it's every time I hear somebody talk about being bi curious or even talking about it in those terms, as soon as I hear that curious word, I'm like, that is masking a lot of what's really underneath all of that. Sure. Well, and that's why. That is why I think we really have to look at if a man has, and I'm talking about an adult man, if he's mm-hmm. crossed over to a sexual experience with a man that happened more than one time, you know, sure, there are those times when somebody gets drunk or something and, you know, maybe we can say that didn't have anything to do with his past, but maybe we might mm-hmm. say that. <laughs> but but you got a guy who may struggle a little bit with being even saying I'm bi curious, then I think there's a huge question mark there that has to be looked at is what caused me to cross that line. Yeah, what even got your mind moving in that direction towards such curiosity? Yeah, thinking I might be attracted to wanting to have sex with a man. And the and the and the greatest thing there I think that has to be looked at, the biggest thing, the most concerning thing is the wounding. You know I think, sure, we can keep focusing on the stigma. Nobody likes to worry, you know, you know, everybody wants to be on the side of the spectrum where I just like to have sex with women. Mm -hmm. Of course, everybody wants to be there because it feels better there. But, you know, okay, so you crossed over. That makes you gay? No. Uh, As we've kind of talked about on the air before, you know, we don't really believe that homosexuals are born that way. We don't really believe that people cross that line. Because it's genetic. We believe that there's a wounding there. And so all you need to do is begin looking at what is my wounding there. And what do you, what do you think tends to be the major fear factors? Cause I, I really believe that ultimately what prevents a lot of people from even being honest about searching out some of these wounds is that there's these wounds create a tremendous amount of anxiety and fear in a person. Sure. And so what do you think are the primary fear factors that prevent a person from even, first of all, even accepting what we're saying, that there's a woundedness there and, and, you know, accepting that instead of saying, Hey, listen, I'm just, it's my choice. I'm just being curious. I'm just, you know, wanting to have it always in every way sexually. And how would you, what would you think some of the fear factors are that prevent a person from looking into this more deeply? Sure. Well, I think that's where we go back to childhood. I think, you know, a little boy, you know, may be changing. Of course, our culture is becoming more and more accepting of same sex. But I I don't think the pendulum has swung that far yet that, mm-hmm. you know, a little nine or ten year old boy, you know, he knows if if, you know, little Joey, you know, touches his pee pee in the boy's ba- bathroom, then he knows that, you know, if anybody found this out, it wouldn't be good for him. Mm-hmm. And. And so that's the first step of was he was he the initiator was this other boy the initiator and if that's which regardless there's a crossover there there's a uh oh and some boys walk away and go yuck never want to do that again that's not me mm-hmm. and they never feel that way again other guys it kind of begins a, a a curiosity so we can use that word in a healthy way there of, okay, why am I doing this? Why does this seem to happen? Well, it's a wound. And usually there's a wound of lack of connection with other boys. There's usually a wound of lack of connection with father. You know, it's this kind of, you know, I got an emptiness here that says I don't really know how to connect well with boys. 
And this boy just touched me. And so mm -hmm. it kind of strikes up something in me that I don't understand. And some guys deal with that through life and may have a, a, a father figure or a father himself who begins to change and begins to be more loving. And so that never creeps up again. But he still carries that secret back over here. Mm -hmm. Some boys carry that secret, never get any help for it, and then spend the rest of their days going wild trying to have sex with women to prove, you know, that they're really not gay. And then some boys struggle with that and become this, oh, well, maybe I'm bi-curious because mm -hmm. I, this did happen. So you have to begin looking at what was the situation and have I ever talked about that with somebody? Usually the biggest fear factor is fear itself. Fear of what? Fear of the shame that goes with it. Yeah, because as you're saying that, I'm thinking we may ought to change uh, you know, I might encourage our listeners uh, to when if they've got friends or they know people that they themselves are struggling with this by curious, you know, notion, you might want to change that word to confused. Sure. And, and I don't say that in a derogatory way. I hope people, if you've listened to this program for any length of time, you know that when we talk about these issues that are that are sin, I mean, when you cross lines outside of the way God designed sexuality to be used which is between one man and one woman in the context of marriage. Absolutely. Then we we are going to speak honestly, but at the same time when I say that I we maybe should switch this to by confused, I'm not saying that in a derogatory way. I'm saying it in the way that we're talking about it here. There's somebody that's got some wounding in their history and you think about it, that 9-year-old in that bathroom, so to let's let's use that example. Sure. How can that not be confusing to a young boy? Sure. I mean, you've got not only just the anxiety of, of somebody touching your private parts, which already carries its own sort of awkwardness and really kind of an anxiety in and of itself, a fear. Absolutely. But then there's also mixed with that probably some pleasure. Sure. Because God designed our sexuality to be pleasurable when touched and, and used. So you've got all of this swirling about. In a child that then doesn't know what to do with that, not only that experience, but what to do with the information of that. Sure. And if you add into that recipe the, the other things that come along with that, this absolute forbiddenness, mm -hmm. you know, anytime you go into something forbidden, it, it causes a little bit of excitement. Uh, this fear of being caught, here we are, and what's going to happen mm -hmm. if somebody catches us? And then this this whole notion that, uh-oh, we're doing something that is absolutely against everything that we think will happen out if, if boys out on the playground hear what we're doing in here. Mm -hmm. So you add all that together, you got a recipe for a real heightened experience there. So you're right, it might be pleasurable. It also might be mixed with some fear and all these other things. And then you have a boy who sometimes doesn't have a great relationship already with his parents, so he doesn't go home and say... Hey, this is what happened to me today. So he just holds it. And guess what? Satan has a playground with that because then he can tell him all kinds of things about what that meant, what it will mean. And if he begins to go through puberty and it happens around there, you know, it really doesn't matter whose hand is touching your privates. It mm -hmm. can feel good. Yeah. And, you know, I think this is, if you really want to boil this down to a very basic level, uh, you know, it's really, it's really an age old tactic of the enemy to create this type of curiosity in us. I mean, think about Eve in the garden. Sure. God had just been very plain, very, uh, transparent. It wasn't like God was trying to, uh, hide from them 
the the choice that would bear consequences. Right. I mean, he was saying, I want to let you know up front, don't eat from this tree because if you do, you'll die. Right. So it wasn't like God was saying, oh, I'm just going to just keep my fingers crossed and hope they don't find that tree. He wasn't trying to elicit that I want to look over the fence curiosity. He was saying, there it is right there. That's danger. Right. What the enemy then did is said, well, wait a second. There's more to it than that. You're going to actually, there's some good to it. And I think that's what tends to happen in some of this in our sexuality. We have these experiences. Certainly there can be wounds in our family environment. There's going to be maybe these traumas, abuses, those kind of things. All of that in many ways, I think is the enemy's way to say, Hey, see, there's more out there. See, you think God, I mean, God tried to tell you real simply one man, one woman in marriage. Right. But let me tell you, there's a lot more on the other side of that fence. And I think he wants to create curiosity on every level in sexuality. Absolutely. Have sex with men, have sex with women, have sex with animals, have sex with, you know, yourself. I mean, all this kind right. of stuff in the, in a whole attempt to try to ultimately confuse us. Sure. And make us antagonistic toward God, the one who very clearly told us how our sexuality is designed to be used. Right. And we really have to look at that. And this is trying to help take some of the shame off those childhood curiosities as mm-hmm. you're t- saying that that's kind of what satan builds up in us is is there is a curiosity there to of, go of across anything the fence sexual. yeah right and it's anything sexual yeah. uh you know you and i've talked a lot before that the continuum is just one speck you know one slight tick to the right or to the left of what a guy does mm-hmm. and so the interesting thing about that is is we're i really did want to talk about this to try to remove some of the shame of wouldn't it be interesting if a guy realized that, you know, he had an experience like that, or maybe he did have a, a same-sex interaction at 11 years old or 12 as he was going into puberty, and, and it, maybe it did feel good, and he keeps asking himself, what about this, what about that, you know? What does that mean about me? Sure. Yeah. You know, wouldn't it be interesting if, if instead of carrying the shame that, uh-oh, I may be gay, I may be, you know, nobody wants to be uh, queer, you know, whatever words come to his mind, then it's like, what if he carried a different word, which is, you know, I need to get help for this. I, I, it should be okay to come and talk to somebody about what it felt like to be that age and have this particular interaction. Uh, and, you know, it may have even been something that led up into college, you know. But the great thing about that is, is that I think it's okay to begin looking at that is it really just safe to say I'm bi-curious now? Because that means I don't really have to look at that pain. Because that's what the culture's saying is, is that I must accept myself the way I am, which is genetically different than everybody else. You know, perhaps we may need to ask the question, is maybe that's why the whole gay community prefers bi-curious, because then they don't have to question why a gay man who just has sex with men is gay, but uh oh, how can it be genetic if we're all questioning? And here's this guy who likes to have sex with men and women. You know, if you begin looking at all of that, it really comes from a brokenness that we don't have to be ashamed of. It's just going back and saying, okay, let's look at the broken piece. Let's look at the wound. And that's where I think, you know, Jesus said it's the truth that sets us free. So I think a lot of what you're talking about here is a lot of times we, we, we may take that statement, the truth will set you free, you know, and, and we make it seem like it's all on the, like the, the positive side of things, the rosy side of things. Oh, once I, once I get, understand the truth, once I get it, then I'll be free. And I don't believe that's what it's saying. Right. 
it's saying there's a truth. Certainly Jesus is the truth. Right. But there's this idea of saying truth means you've also got to be honest about what you went through and sure. honest about your confusion and honest. And I think that's where, um, that's where the confusion really comes in for a lot of folks who are struggling with bi bisexuality and homosexuality and these kind of things is there's all of this confusion and all of this pain, but somewhere along the way, somebody told them just live in it. Sure. Don't question it. it. Don't, don't explore it. Don't try to find some answers for it because that's who you are. Right. And you have all these poor souls who are just, just, um, you know, deeply struggling with that pain. And it's, it's as if some people have said, don't find the truth. Sure. Don't be honest about what happened to you when you were a kid. Don't be honest about the pain that you feel and the confusion that you struggle with. And I think what Jesus is inviting them to is saying, no, I want all that to come out because that's part of the truth setting you free. Sure. But as you and I both know, going through that healing process hurts. Absolutely. And that's the first thing that I'd want everybody to hear. It hurts worse to go look at your pain than to say, well, maybe I'm just by curious. Mm -hmm. Because it does hurt. Any adventure down the path of looking in our hearts and finding our hurts, it, it it's hurtful. It brings up a lot of pain. But I guarantee you, instead of just putting a label on yourself and saying, maybe I'm bi-curious or no, I'd never do that, but I've had sex with, you know, however many women I can get my hands on to try to prove that I'm not or to clean myself up from that particular experience, wouldn't it be interesting if maybe if you ventured off into your pain and began to look at what caused that to happen? You might just find that it was a one-time thing that meant nothing that just made you feel a lot of shame, and that may be all you find. That's on one end of the spectrum. On the other end, you might find a lot of father wound. You might find that you never got to be to actually connect well with other guys. That you've never really felt loved by men. And so when this guy offered you a touch, it maybe started feeling like love. And so, you know, you don't know what you're going to find, but it's worth the trip to try to find it instead of just brushing it over with a, a statement of this is what I am, I guess. Yeah, and I think a lot of it does just, it boils down to that identity issue again, doesn't it? Because I think, you know, I, I really do believe that, I know I keep coming back to the enemy, and, you know, a lot of people get scared about that on radio or whatever, but right. we have a real enemy. And I really believe that at the heart of what he is trying to do throughout all of humanity is get us confused about who we are. You know, get us confused about the fact that we were made in the image of God. Get us confused about the fact that as as a creator, he has the prerogative to tell us how the created are to be designed and function and live and all of that. And then in that, he wants us to be so confused about our sexuality, about our, about our work, about our faith, about our, I mean, everything. And I think one of the things too, that's, that's really sort of unique about sexuality and why I think guys get, people get so deeply entrenched in sexual sin is because it's not simply just a physical act. There is spirit and emotion involved sure. on a level that really nothing else can match in right. terms of when you are being sexual, it's like your entire being is immersed and engaged in this act. Right. You know, not to say that alcoholism isn't terrible, that drug addiction isn't awful, but quite honestly, it doesn't. It doesn't cause your spirit and everything about you to get engaged and bonded. Right. 
in in the act. And so that, again, is one of those things that's really difficult when you've had multiple sexual experiences with men and women and otherwise. Man, that creates all these different sort of, uh, you've, you've sort of left pieces of your soul in your heart in all these places. Sure. And so that's a part of that pain, again, too, to have to go look at this and say, how can I sort of be re uh, rebuilt or renewed when I've gone out and done all these things? And that's the shame you're talking about. And we want to try to help folks look into that and say, you can heal from that shame, but you've also got to be willing to go into it to right. be able to see it. Right. And to realize that, you know, there are definitely shameful and detestable things mm-hmm. that happen. I can look back over my history and I can see that there were shameful things I did, detestable things that I did. But we have to remember that that doesn't make us shame-filled or detestable right. in God's eyes. And so that's all he's ever tried to set up is a framework that said these things are shameful. You will feel shame from them because they're not meant for you. And so when we go stick our hand in the dirt, we're going to have a dirty hand and we're going to have to say, wow, this is dirty. You know, I am, I'm, this is not good. I can't walk into a church with mud all over me because I'm going to feel embarrassed. And so when we walk around in shameful things, we're going to feel some shame. But guess what? I just want the, the listening audience to understand that shame is something that we have been involved in. It's not something that we are. And so if you have had some sort of struggle with either same sex, uh, um, interaction with men, with other boys or men, you know, I, I would just ask you to take the adventure of looking at it and trying to figure out what to do with it and asking someone about it, not just somebody who will tell you, oh, you must be bi-curious, mm-hmm. but good, but to begin the process of what wound could that have been associated with? Because I always find it interesting when a guy will say, oh, I just crossed over and, and you know, it wasn't any big deal. But yet I've talked to guys who never crossed over, and in their mind, it was never an option to cross over. It was like I never thought about crossing. Mm -hmm. So the cross is something I think is really important. No pun intended, right? (laughs) But the crossover at that point is really important because when you talk to a guy who hasn't had a brokenness in this area, he says, I would never think about crossing. But when you got a guy who thought about it and actually crossed, then he may need to go back and not just cover it up and say, oh, no, I never did that, and I'm good now, and guess what? I've had sex with 200 women, and that's made me feel better. Right. It's more important to look at, okay, why did I cross, allow Jesus to heal that place, and to bring it out into the light, and then, guess what? You don't have to carry that shame anymore, because then you know... There is no such thing as being gay. There is no such thing as homosexuality. There's no such thing as, as, um, by curiosity. What there is is just a sin of homosexuality that caused me to get hurt. I was wounded by this and that caused me to cross this line. Now that the wound is healed, I don't have to worry about it anymore. And you said something pretty significant there about just the fact that shame, um, you know, shame really exists in those secret places. Shame exists in the dark, and the longer right. you hold that in, it just it just sort of feeds shame. And I, I mean, I'll tell you, you know, even in my story, even though I never crossed over, you know, you know, I've talked about this before. We're we're way more alike than we are different. Even when sure. you look back in our histories, the families we grew up in, some of the things we and right. our and our just there's just a one 
degree of separation there in terms of where our behaviors went. Absolutely. Um, but I think for me, what ultimately happened was the shame. And this is uh, true, I think, of anybody who gets involved in sexual sin. The longer that stays a secret, the longer it's not talked about, the not longer it's not explored honestly and brought into the light, the more shame has fuel to grow. Right. Because it's just going to spin in our minds. And we're going to have all shame only creates more questions. It doesn't give you answers. Right. It just makes you question who you are. It makes you question who God is. It makes you question your worth and your value and question, question, question until eventually you think the only solution is keep being sexual. Right. You know, uh, well, okay, I'm bi curious. I might as well, let's get, let's get, uh, even more curious. Let's go do some things. Let's, let's add drugs into the mix and let's do that. I mean, it just starts pushing the envelope until eventually, I mean, it's a dangerous situation to, that's why I think when I hear that term curious, I'm going, that's just a, that's a mask word. It's covering sure. up so much of what's really dangerous in that curiosity. Right. Because I do want to speak directly now to that to that that guy struggling in sexual addiction and maybe all his sexual addiction now is his women and yet he knows in his past he's he's also had a crossover whether it was an actual sexual abuse as a child which may not be an official crossover because he didn't choose it mm -hmm. and yet it caused some sexual brokenness in him i'm i'm really not talking about that i'm actually talking about the guy who did cross over and began to feel some sexual attraction to men or it happened at least a few times, and he's been trying to wash it off with other women for the rest of his life. The thing about it is, is you will not be able to heal your addiction to sex with women until you address that issue that happened with that man. Mm. Because the shame that's there will continue to tell you that you have to do something to prove your manhood. So really, that, that same sex encounter is really what the fuel is to drive all of these heterosexual... Encounters. encounters. Sure. It truly is, and I've watched it, where a guy will keep trying to wash off this shame of this same-sex interaction, whatever it was, with trying to keep having sex with women to prove that he's virile, he's capable, he's this man, he doesn't have to question his manhood. But somewhere in this little boy heart, he still questions because this thing happened. And all that does is sort of just exacerbate the pain that's already there that's unaddressed. Sure. And it tells him there is something wrong with me. Yeah. And so I must keep proving there's nothing wrong with me. And I just want him to know right now that there's absolutely nothing wrong with him. He's not gay. He's not bicurious. He's not broken in, in, in those areas of being bicurious. But he is broken in the area of trying to figure out this did happen to me. How do I heal the shame that it caused? Well, we're going to have to wrap it up there, but folks, we do. We are glad you joined us today, and we hope that God had a special word just for you. Remember that Healing Hidden Wounds and Shadow of His Wings Ministry are listener-supported, and all services are provided on a donation basis. If you heard something today that was especially important to you, we hope you will consider donating a gift. Please visit www.healinghiddenwounds.com to donate today. Now let it rain in my life and my heart. Your love has done its part. Now let it rain.